Father, we just thank you today, God, for the opportunity to, uh, to be in your house. Whew. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are in this house this morning. The sound of my voice that your ministering angels are moving in our hearts and in our lives. And God, there's something special you want to do in our lives today. Father, it has nothing to do with me. So I ask in the next few moments that Sean would step aside. And your Holy Spirit would speak to every heart and life in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I have had this message on my heart, and Lord willing, it will speak to your life this morning. I've been hit with the junk, and I am fired up this morning because I am not willing to set back and allow the enemy to stop me. Amen. So uh, you're going to have to be my cheerleaders and cheer guys this morning. But uh, I got some props. I like props. I like illustrations. It helps me kind of visualize what I'm talking about. So this morning, if you want, you could turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 37. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 37. No, it's Italian dressing and, and raspberry jam. Amen. See, we all have great desires to achieve something with our lives. Amen. There's not a single person in this room that doesn't enjoy conquering. Amen. I remember being a kid and, and building forts and shooting my cousins with BB guns and amen. Started playing sports. I didn't go out for football and, and endure hell week that they call it so that I could walk onto the football field during a game and lose. Amen. I didn't go hunting with my, with my father and, and hike miles through the snow like this and and get all the way back into the deep woods so that I could just turn around and walk back out. I went hunting so that I could conquer something. Amen. I went so I could kill. I played football so I could hit somebody. I, I played basketball so I could watch you walk off the court with your head hanging down, right? Zach and Brian in the back this morning, they are determined to beat me one day on the basketball court, and uh, I de I'm determined not to lose. You see, no one lives their life to lose. I thought that was so powerful, Pastor talking about his trip to Israel and, and how the city has been rebuilt. Did you say 15 times? 12 times. That's determination in the heart of some people to not be willing to sit back and allow the enemy to take their territory. So this morning in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 37, it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. The sad thing is today is I see a lot of people defeated. And when I say I see people defeated, it's the words that are coming out of our mouth. We accept too many different things. And, and God gave me this illustration um, for the young people. And, and I just think it's so powerful because I think, you know, they say we actually have more peer pressure as adults than as teenagers. And uh, when I look at these, I see two different types of containers. Amen? I don't know about you guys. One's Italian dressing and one's jam. But the reality is they're both containers. And if you could see your life as these two things this morning, each one of us in this room are a container. And God filled each and every one of our lives with substance. Right. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse number 5 says, before I, knew, before I formed you, I knew you. So God knew exactly what he put in your jar before your jar ever existed. But the reality is, is every single one of us are caught in this trap day to day, trying to be Italian dressing 
when God created us to be raspberry jam. Or maybe God has made you raspberry jam, but you see Italian dressing up on the stage, rocking out and having a good time with the guitar, so you think it'd be better if you were Italian dressing and you're never satisfied being jam. Think about, is that not our culture today? I look, at, I look at young people. I look at adults. Why are you guys comb your hair the way some of you do? Why do you put on the clothes some of you? Well, I was watching some of these guys in this. I'm, oh, I was walking through the mall, and these guys can't even pull their pants up. Right? It's like, why don't you just wear your underwear? Anyways, back to my message. See, God placed in man the desire to conquer and win. I think about our Lord Jesus Christ. Did he not come with an attitude to conquer? Think about what Jesus Christ came to the earth to do. I mean, imagine oh, sitting in the throne room with God. He is living in heaven. And his commission is to come to earth and be like us. He came with an attitude to conquer because he knew where he wanted to get back to. He knew that this was just a temporary place. So Jesus lived his life with the attitude of a conqueror. He came and he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Think about your life. I think about these athletes. You know, I get fired up. I love athletes because their determination to play the sports they play are just absolutely phenomenal. I remember love him or hate him. Kobe Bryant is one of the most determined athletes that I have ever come across. I don't, I'm not endorsing the guy. I, he's a phenomenal athlete. But I remember the last time they were in the NBA Finals. Before every game, this guy had to go into the locker room and have needles shoved into his knees and have fluid drained out of his knees in order for him to play the game that he loved. And I think about us as Christians. I'm like, wait a second, where is our determination? This guy's just playing a game. He's already won four championships. Why does he need another one? The guy's got so much money, he doesn't even have to pack his own clothes anymore. He's got every car. I mean, his... One car is worth probably more than some of our houses in this place. What drives somebody like that? I was thinking about Frank Gore. I read this article. Listen to this. He tore up both knees in college. Both shoulders operated on after his rookie season. Lost part of another season to a hip injury. But yet today, he'll be playing in the biggest game of his life. That takes some courage. That takes some determination. That takes somebody that's willing to wake up every day and go out and conquer the very thing that they feel called to conquer. And I think about our lives today, and I think about how we get so caught up in trying to be who God never created us to be. I can tell you that Kobe Bryant is not trying to be Italian. Well, wait, he is from Italy. So he is not trying to be <laughs> raspberry jam. He is fully aware that he was created to be Italian dressing. Right? You can't be in that place. All these people, we idolize. Come on, let's be real for a moment. We look at these people and we, we, we idolize them. We hmm, worship them. We entertain ourselves. I love it. I'm not going to stand here and lie to you. But these guys are not living their lives to be somebody that God didn't create them to be. And I wonder how many of us in this room today are not satisfied with the fact that God has called us to be raspberry jam. And we're living to be something else. And we're missing out on the very potential that God has for our lives. So as you turn your Bibles this morning to Joshua chapter 1. When I think about our culture and I look and see too many individuals not happy with who they are. 
And they're living to be someone other than God created them to be. See, changing our shape doesn't change who we are on the inside. See, I can make my jar look like another jar, but it doesn't change the content of who I am. Amen. It doesn't change who God formed and fashioned me to become. God's not talking about the way he made your face and and your body structure. He's talking about the, the content of who you are deep on the inside. And when I look at our culture today, I see a society that's chasing after something that God has never created them to become. See, today I believe that we can unlock a point in your life that could maybe change the way you see yourself forever. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 2 through 9 this morning says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that is the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. He's not talking about your little quarter acre parcel that your little shack is on, right? He's talking about some land. Amen? He's talking about some area. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide an inheritance, the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which my servant Moses commanded thee. Turn not from the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for, thou, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Wow, that's a mouthful. I want to break this down for a moment this morning because I think that there are some powerful things that we could unlock in our life. And I want to start with the first point this morning. Moses, my servant, is dead. Think about the reality of Moses and what God had done through this man. How many of you guys remember your Bible stories? Think of the things that, that God did through Moses. Anybody know any off the top of their head? Part of the Red Sea. Anybody else? Water from a stone? Ten commandments. Went before Pharaoh, rescued the, led the people out. Amen? Think of these things that God is doing in the midst of this man's life. And I started thinking about, <coughs> excuse me, all the things that God did through this man. And this passage of Scripture starts out with, Moses, my servant is dead. And I started thinking about, God, did you intend, was your, as pastor's been talking about, God's original intent for our lives? Do you believe that it was God's intent for Moses to never see the promised land? We could get into debate and, and into things, but my point is this morning is, what does God really have for our lives to accomplish? Think about all these, I mean, I couldn't imagine seeing God part the Red Sea and millions of people crossing through this land, hearing the Ten Commandments given by God, seeing God in a bush on fire. I mean, 
Think of all these things that Moses experienced. And yet he didn't get to walk into the promised land. I don't believe it was God's heart for Moses to miss out on the promised land. God doesn't need a generation to pass for you to fulfill your destiny. God doesn't need pastor to retire so that you can step into your place of ministry. You're welcome. I look at young people today, and we live carelessly because we think it's, oh, I'm just a young person. I don't, you know, I'll grow up one day. Well, I'm 36, and I'm still trying to grow up. <clears throat> See, there's never a moment. I'm trying to go without drinking. Hang on. There's never a moment that God looks down and sees your life as a failure. There's never a moment that God looks down. I think about as the children kept disobeying God in the wilderness, and, but every day he continued to lead them by fire at night. Amen? He would provide food in the desert. He would continue to provide. He would continue to lead because God's heart is never to see you as a failure. God's heart is never to see you try and change who he created you to be. He is destined to see you become everything he created you to be. See, every moment God looks at your life, he sees the power within you and the land before you. Who has to pass from your life before you get to step into the land that he has for you? This morning, maybe it's friends that need to pass from your life that are holding you back. Maybe it's passions. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's failure. Maybe it's a Moses in your life that's holding you back. But I want to challenge you this morning. What is holding you back from entering into the promised land? What's holding you back from stepping into that place of ministry, stepping out of that carnal place of our life and becoming all that God has created us to be? See, many of you have seen God do miraculous things in you and through you, but I submit to you this morning, God is not done. How many of you could say, God has done some miraculous things in my life? He hasn't quite parted the Red Sea. He hasn't quite <laughs> brought water from a rock. I haven't quite encountered God in a bush on fire, but God has done some miraculous things in my life. Amen. I know for my life, man, He has saved me. He has rescued me. He's redeemed me. He's set my feet upon a rock. He's delivered me of every addiction and every bondage in my life. He's healed my broken heart, but He's not done. He's just getting warmed up. Amen? Point number two this morning. There's a place God has called each and every one of us to claim as our land. It's bigger than anything you can hold in the palm of your hand or imagine. It's one of those things that will not seem possible until you're walking in it and looking back. If it's something you can hold in the palm of your hand, it's not what God destined for your life. I remember when we went to Ukraine this last year, I can remember the dreams that I've had, the visions that God has given me at night as I lay in bed and I close my eyes and I start praying, say, God, what do you want to accomplish to my life? And I begin to see visions and dreams and, and you just kind of keep going about your life. And I remember one night as we were standing on the stage in the Ukraine and there was a sea of people and I'm sharing my testimony. All of a sudden, that dream became a reality. But I can tell you I haven't. I don't wake up every morning trying to chase the dream and the vision. I chase after being obedient to the presence of God, to his word, to his commands, and to his laws. So that's why I say that one day you'll look back and see that this is the thing that God has destined for your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 20, if you want to turn in your Bible this morning. 
You know, as God has began to show me different things that He wants to accomplish through my life, another one was, you, many of you have heard of the opportunities for me to share my testimony at the high school and in the theater before the whole school. And, and I remember that was one of those moments where I'm standing there sharing my testimony and just going, God, this is what I saw. Standing before students, sharing my story. This is what you've brought me out of those addictions and those failures and those shortcomings to produce with my life. Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. Never doubt the promises of God for your life. I don't care where you're at today. God is not looking down and saying, it's too late, I'm done, you failed. God is always looking down and saying, yes and amen. I've called you, I've destined you, I've formed you, and I've fashioned you. What is your inheritance this morning, you may ask? What is God's original intent for your life? This morning, as pastor was talking to us men in the men's Bible study, it just started going off in me because he said this very point, God's original intent for your life is souls. If anything you're doing is not connecting you to the souls of people and humanity, you're missing your mark. God can, God can put you in places. God can give you business. He can, he can put you in arenas. He doesn't want everybody to be pastors and live within the confines of this building. He wants people out. But your life, whatever you make of it, must be connected to winning people to Jesus Christ. Our pastor said this year our church will be an outreach church. What does that mean to you? To me, what does it mean? I looked up some statistics for you this morning. Did you know that there are over 180,000 people in El Dorado County? Do you know that 129,000 claim zero religious affiliation? When you say, what does this look like for my life? What is the land that God has called me to possess? When I look at these statistics, my heart stops. Because what I see, I began to break down the numbers. And between Diamond Springs, Placerville, and El Dorado, there's over 7,000 teenagers that claim zero religious affiliation. And you start breaking that down as adults, as so on and so forth. What is the land that God has called us to possess? John chapter 4 and verse number 35 says, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white and ready for harvest. How many of you would say that with over 70% of our population in our geographical area unchurched, there's quite a harvest to be reaped? There's quite a land that God has called His church to reach. There's people in every single one of our lives and every sphere of influence that you walk today, seven out of ten people do not know any form of religion in their life. I mean, I'm talking whatever gamut. Buddhist to Muslim to, to Mormon to Catholic to Christian, whatever you want to classify it as. Over 70% of the people in our life claim zero religious affiliation. I don't know what moves your heart this morning.
But when I think about what God has done in my life, the way he has saved my life, touched my life, I look at these numbers and I say, God, help me. That brings me to my next point, point number three. Everything our world throws at us today is to strip away our strength, our faith, and our courage. What did he say in, in verse 5 through 7? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Everything our world is throwing at us today is to strip away our strength. Look at guys are being more feminine. I mean, I'm not belittling anything, all right? But there's something wrong when I see guys acting like girls, talking very unmanly. What happened to the, the farmer? Amen, the construction guy. It's okay, guy, if, if your tone is deep. Sound like a man. You don't have to be soft-spoken. Your mannerisms, let the girls have their mannerisms. Okay? Let the girls wear their own pants. Hey, I'm all for show, showing off my horse's rear. I mean, I got, okay? But, it's a joke. I got a big butt, all right? But I'm going to tell you something. There's something wrong with our society today. Look at how, look at how our culture is stripping away. And if, if you're sh kind of short and stocky, then put on some skinny jeans and you'll look tall and skinny. <laughs> right? Just because you're short and dumpy and you don't like being red raspberry jam, if you put some skinny jeans on, you'll be slender Italian dressing. <laughs> but it's all to strip away our strength, our courage, our faith, our fight. So when you see statistics like this, we say, oh, well, lost cause. I'm going to heaven. Who else cares? What time's the game on? <laughs> but here we find in these passages of Scripture that our God is a God that has confidence in His people. He desires for us to have courage that burns in our hearts. He desires to ignite faith in your heart. He desires for you to wake up day in and day out and see a land filled with harvest for your land to possess. Get your minds off of your stinking self. What are you living for? little more money? A little bigger paycheck? A bigger house? Did you guys see? 40,000 square foot on, house on sale. $135 million. It's got three pools. I'm like, how do you even keep up with one? I can't even keep up with my little yard. How do you do this? What is wrong with our, our world today? Bigger, bigger, bigger. Turn to Romans chapter 8. And verse number 31. Look at as we, if you think back, what happened to Moses and the people? What happened to them? Why did they get lost? Look at all the things that God did in their life. Man, I mean, it wasn't enough for God to part the sea and you to walk across it. It wasn't enough for this miraculous stuff to fall from the sky every day. For you to live on, you couldn't keep it till tomorrow. It was just enough for today. 
That wasn't enough to encourage you to believe that God had a land flowing with... Yeah. What happened? Something happened in their hearts. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 31 says, What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I don't know about you guys, but I love reading my Bible. I, I can tell you when I first started, I was like, man, this is, I am tired of reading these names. I'm tired of trying to figure out what these prophets are saying because my mind is just going to, I'm in Revelation. I keep trying to, I've read Revelation so many times and my mind just goes, wow. But I start reading stuff like this and I'm just like, wait a second. God, you've called me to be courageous. God, you've called me to be strong. You've called me to conquer some things in this world. This morning, what is the condition of your life? Maybe you've lost something along the way. There's some of you, I look through this room today, there's some of you sitting in this room today and you've never experienced God's love in your life. But I also look through this room and I see, for a lack of better terms, some Moseses. What is the condition of your life? Maybe you've seen great things from God, but today you struggle believing this desert place that you're in is God's best for your life. Maybe some of you are accepting this desert place for your life. Maybe some of you are accepting the just by and by. God, as long as you provide for me today, let your manna fall, I'm good. But what if we got a hold of the fact that God's not satisfied with where we're at today? My final point for you today is in order for me to ever achieve God's best, God's greatness, God's fullness for my life, I must receive. Think about this in verse number 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate day and night that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. Maybe you've gotten to that place where you've read your Bible enough. Maybe you've gotten to that place where, yeah, I got, it. I got an understanding. But God said to Joshua, I'm going to lead you into this promised land. But you better not depart from my word. You better meditate on this sucker day in and day out. You better keep it hidden in your heart. Because the minute you cross over, don't think it's going to be all roses. Amen. Amen? And we get to that point in our life sometimes where we're like, I got this. And then we wake up tomorrow, we're like, what is going on in my life? Why am I faced with this and that and this and that? Because I believe there's a progression in our life where we begin to take for granted the very works that God has done in our lives. And there's some of us in this room today that have taken for granted the miracles. We've forgotten what God has accomplished for our life, but I see 70% of our community that needs the love of Jesus Christ. Have you stopped or neglected starting a daily meditation in the Word? Have you stopped your daily time with God? 
Maybe you've never even started a daily time with God. I love challenging people to do that. I get the young people, and I'm like, they're talking to me about their life, and I'm like, I'm going to pray for you, but here's my challenge for you. You read your Bible every day, and I'll give them a certain amount of time, and you come back to me and tell me if your life isn't better. And there's not a single one of them that ever comes back and tells me it didn't work. I follow up with them. Are you still doing it? Man, I was doing it. It was awesome, but you know, I just, just got sidetracked. Wait a minute, it was awesome. And you stopped. Good sea law moment. As people, if we hold the books of God, if we meditate in these things, if we hold them in our heart, if we receive what God has for our life, what is His promise for us? What does He say that we will achieve? In the last part of that verse, in verse number 8, it says, Thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have good success i don't know about you guys but i love those parts of scripture that means i'm not bound to brokenness i'm not bound to addiction i'm not bound to hurt and pain i'm not bound to the government system i'm not controlled by the things of this world i don't care what our economic state is if i meditate on his word if i hide these things in my heart he's going to give me a promised land he's going to give me a place of inheritance he's going to make my way prosperous and don't always think it's a financial prosperity god wants to make your way prosperous and he wants you to have success but all of that is directly connected to you being obedient to his commands as i wrap up this morning there is no excuse greater than the promise of god for your life think about that for a moment what excuses do you have this morning for not doing what god is speaking to you in your quiet time to do are they really good enough to stand before God on that day and submit to Him as your final testament of why you couldn't do what He asked you to do? God called us to be courageous. He called us to be conquerors. He called us to walk with faith. He didn't call us to be bound by insecurities. What are the things that are limiting you today? Are they insecurities? Are they hurts? Are they pains? Are they addictions? What, what is it? I share with the young people, man, I love the gym. It has changed me externally. I love it. As a young kid, I was made fun of. I was called pudgy. I was called fat. I had all these insecurities about my life. But man, it's awesome. I got into the gym and I started changing myself from a short stubby piece of raspberry jam to, uh, I don't know, I think I even look better in this bottle of Italian dressing. <laughs> But the reality is, it didn't change who I was on the inside. It doesn't change who Sean is deep inside. The only thing that's changed who Sean is on the inside is the Word of God. And I can tell you that there are things that have fallen off of my life because of the Word of God. There are things that if I would not meditate on this Word, I would be a mess. I would be broken. I would relapse. I would whatever you want to call it. God has a way of getting deep within our lives. In order for me to achieve God's best, I have to receive. Think about 
the disciples. Pastor referenced the upper room. When Jesus left, he said, I must go so that the comforter can come. So that the power could come. The one that's going to impart power into your life. The disciples went to a room and they sought and they received something from God and they walked out of that place and they achieved land takeover. What does the Bible say in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8? Anybody? And you shall receive power from on high and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. As the band comes back this morning. Told you a ten tell. I was on it. I was perfect. They're good. It's ten tell. Listen to this as we close this morning. In order for the disciples to achieve what God pre-planned, what if they would have never gone to that room? Pastor shared this illustration this morning. It's so powerful about the, the plans that God gives us. And, you know, building the tabernacle. We get in the middle of it and we say, well, I want a door over here instead. When he told Noah to build the ark, build it according to this plan. What if the disciples would have said, man, I don't like that upper room, man. The chairs aren't comfortable. It's hot in there. Smell funky up in there. Let's go meet in my house. It's cozy. I got a brand new couch. We can throw some ribs in the smoker. We can turn on the game. And when the Holy Spirit comes down, we'll receive it. Now, you got to follow. you got to be obedient. But the results of my obedience to God. Think about what these men accomplished. What they achieved with their life. They didn't have to worry about standing before God and making excuses. And I wonder how many times in my life I've made excuses for the things that God has destined from the time He formed and fashioned me in my mother's womb. Some of you need to get this this morning. God knew exactly what he formed in your life. He fashioned you. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts and I know the plans that I have for your life. What are God's thoughts and plans for your life? Stop finding ways to change who you are on the outside and start living to achieve what God destined for your life to be in the womb. As you stand to your feet this morning, as they play this song, I want you to listen to these words. See, it's time for Christians to be the conquerors that God created us to be. It's not time for us to sit back and be cowards, weak and broken. I find the more I give myself out, the stronger I become. 
the more I take those steps of faith, the more courageous I become. How did I conquer my fear of heights, man? I, we've been working over there, and I love having the, some of the young guys help me. And I'm like, hey, can you climb up and fix that and uh, uh, up on the ladder? Yeah, up on the ladder. Uh, um, is there something else I can do for you? But I remember being there. So many times we, we, we forget that everything in the natural correlates to the spiritual realm of our lives. God's intent for our lives is to conquer, to take over, to possess the land. What are your limitations today? I believe if you receive Jesus, you achieve salvation. If you receive the Holy Spirit, what can you achieve with your life? When I receive forgiveness, I can achieve Go ahead, Ben, if you'd lead us this morning. Listen to these words as they lead us. God wants to impart something into our lives today. He wants you to receive something great from Him. He wants to impart courage and boldness. Father, we thank you today. Yes, Lord God. Of the name, King 
of majesty there is no power in hell nor any who can stand before the power and the presence of the I just believe that there's somebody in this room that you've experienced God's love today. His presence is in this room. And today is your day to receive His forgiveness, His restoration, His healing, and His power in your life. If that's you today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Savior of your life, it's time to stop chasing after something you were never created to be. It's time to surrender it all to Him. It's time for you to allow Jesus to be your Savior, your healer, your strength, your confidence, and your courage. If that's you this morning, real quick, as we take a moment, if that's you today, just raise your hand and say, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life today. I'm tired of trying to be something I'm not created to be. I can tell you I tried it, man. I I almost lost my life trying to be something God never created me to be. It took a gunshot to the head for me to wake up. Don't allow your life to get to that place. Anybody at all, see, I need Jesus to heal my life. Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up and I believe there's some of you in here this morning it's time for you to rekindle it's time for you to get back it's time for you to press it's time for you to see and it's time for you to receive from God because of what he wants to achieve in your life you've been carrying around your brokenness your doubts your fears your limitations your excuses And today it's time to shake those things off. And if that's you today, if if there's something that's been holding you back, I believe that there's a a freedom in this place today. That as they sing this song again, I want to challenge you to come and let us lay our hands upon you today. I believe that God's going to impart something divine into your life, a fire and a passion like never before. So if that's you this morning, 
just get out of your seat and come and let us lay our hands upon you. Let us anoint you with oil and let's see the miracle of God take place in this land again. There's souls to be reaped in Jesus' name. Come on, if that's you this morning, just come out from where you are. Father, we receive.